We are coming up on the trade deadline just a couple weeks away, and everything is happening except the Orlando Magic standing still. We'll talk about what the Magic have to think about and do as the trade deadline approaches. Plus, it's stop one on our trade deadline tour. We're going to talk about Malcolm Brogdon on today's episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is January 24th, 2024. My name is Philip Ross Reich of the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, another one of the Magic Standings neighbors makes a deal. We'll talk about whether the Orlando Magic must make a deal, reiterate what their goals are, and dive into at least one of the favored targets, my favorite target at least, for trade deadline day. We'll talk about Malcolm Brogdon on today's episode of Locked on Magic. Before we do that, we want to thank you again for making Locked on Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Locked on Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked on podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked on and the team you're looking for, the Locked on Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Magic is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place five, a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Tuesday was a busy news day in the NBA. Um, yeah, Tristan Thompson getting suspended for 25 games for PED use. We were his last game before that suspension took effect. Um, we got... Uh, Adrian Griffin getting fired by the Bucks. Doc Rivers maybe being hired by the Bucks, but being the, the front runner uh, and kind of slipping under the radar a little bit um, was the, uh, on top of this, the day after Joel Embiid scored 70 points in a freaking game, which is just insane. Um, it's hard to do that in a video game, let alone uh, to see it done in an actual game. Um, but Something under the radar of all that was yet another trade among teams in the middle of the Eastern Conference. After Indiana acquired Pascal Siakam, after the New York Knicks acquired OG Ananobi, the Miami Heat did their deal. And I think we all suspected they were going to make a deal because they are not having the season they thought they would have. The Miami Heat acquired Terry Rozier. So that means the team sitting in fifth in the Eastern Conference, the New York Knicks, the team sitting in sixth in the Eastern Conference, the Indiana Pacers, and the team sitting in, or, or sorry, the team sitting in, uh, uh, and I'm blanking on the correct standings here, um, the team sitting in seventh in the Eastern Conference, the Miami Heat, uh, all have made trades that ostensibly make them better. Meanwhile, the Magic, since their win streak ended, they were 14-5, and five, they have gone 9-16 uh, since then, that is a 30-win pace. Uh, meanwhile, the Magic have slipped down the standings. So two and a half out of Chicago in eighth, a game and a half back of Miami and Indiana for seven and sixth. The Magic seemingly are starting to lose grip and starting to lose contact with these players. And I think that there has been, at least among fans, a sense of the Magic have to do something. Um, and 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 that they that this group that they have, while fun, while very very tight, is it going to get the job done? It may not even get the job done this year. I'm I'm a little more skeptical on that. I, we all know that the easiest part, that this is the most difficult part of the schedule. The Magic faced a lot of injuries. They're starting to get healthy again. They're gonna, you know, they have a really tough next seven games heading into the deadline, but. Um, but there's every reason to believe that this team is going to right the ship and the schedule certainly sets up for them to pick up the pace again and, and put themselves in a position to pick up a seed line, which would potentially put them in six and avoid the plan altogether. I am not one for panic. I think the Magic are fine. But undoubtedly, their competition is doing is, are making moves to make themselves better. And as much as we're thinking about how do we build a championship team, and how do we break into the 
Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia group. That's really all on how good Paolo and Franz eventually become, how good Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner eventually become. The Magic also have to stake their place and have to find a way to get into that group with New York, Cleveland, Miami, Indiana. Eventually, they have to beat these teams. They have to be better than these teams in the standings. We are seven games away from the trade deadline. Um, And I will say this unequivocally as well. These seven games are going to go a long way to determining what the Magic ultimately do. Uh, I have said this from the very, very beginning. I will continue to say this. This is continuing to be my trade deadline philosophy for this team. The Magic are not interested in, quote-unquote, saving the season. This is not the season that matters. What matters for the season is to play these meaningful games, to see how good this team could be, to get them used to winning and winning pressure, to get into a playoff series, get their butts kicked probably, um, but to compete in a playoff series. All that This season's about those goals. And frankly, at the beginning of the season, I thought this team would be in the 9-10 game. I think most of us felt that they were likely going to the play-in tournament if they did make the postseason. The Magic essentially are on on expectations and and in line for what everyone thought they would be at the start of the year. Um, So I I don't think, while I think that this team has shown us they can be a whole lot better and there's been significant slipping and I'm not excusing that, let's keep that part of the thing in perspective. That This team has come a long way already. This team has gotten better. But I can also agree that this group on its own is not enough. The Magic will have to make trades. They will have to make moves. They will have to make themselves better. And whether that comes at the trade deadline or in the offseason, the Magic have to improve. Uh, And the Magic have to find ways to make this team better. And so, yes, the trade deadline is an important period. It's an important time. This this franchise, this team is transitioning out of the talent collection, growth and development phase of a rebuild and moving into the we're actually trying to win phase. And those are two very different phases. Um, The Magic, I think, certainly can no longer take more than one risk on injury-prone players. Um, You know, Markel Fultz was uh, an experiment and in a lot of ways it worked and in a lot of ways it hasn't. Jonathan Isaac eventually became one of these injury-filled experiments. And it's okay to have one of those guys. But at the end of the day, where we're at is you can't rely on them consistently. And again, it's not anyone's fault. Injuries are random, but that's the reality of the situation. The Magic need more Franz Wagners who play every game. And Franz probably hated sitting out the eight games that he sat. They need more Paolo Bancaros who, yeah, he missed, what, 10 games uh, his rookie year with the sprained ankle. But... That dude is playing through everything. You know, they need more guys that are going to be available and contribute to this team at a high level. The Magic do have to start shifting away from this. And that's, honestly, that's where we're at. We are at this crossroads. We're at this moment where the Magic have to make decisions about their roster. Where the Magic have to improve their roster and put themselves in a better position to make the playoffs, to be a factor. To be among these teams. Can we sit here today and say the Magic are going to be better, not only just this year, but next year than these teams? If we start the season tomorrow with all these rosters the way they are, are the Magic going to be any better? And the answer to that is, yeah, probably a little bit better because Paolo will be a year better, Franz will be a year better. But this is the reality, and this is the cold, cold, hard truth. This roster alone is probably not going to do better than what they're doing this year. And that, you know, my big thing is always, you're not stuck unless you don't have a way forward. The Magic still have a way forward, obviously. Paolo is going to get a lot better. Franz is going to get a lot better. Um, they've got young players who should continue to improve and contribute. And so the Magic have to find the right player to tie this whole thing together and elevate them. In a lot of ways, the Magic are not on the same timeline as these peers. Indiana's probably a little bit ahead of Orlando, but they're about the rough, the same timeline. New York has a lot more veteran players, and you know maybe they're a little bit better now, but I think New York, unfortunately, I think does have a ceiling. 
Um, Miami is trying to save a championship group together. The magic ceiling is much higher than all these teams. Um, but it's still about taking advantage of that. And it's still about pushing this team forward. And so it may not happen at, on February 8th. It may not happen at the deadline. It could, but it may not happen at the deadline. But I think we all sense this team is ready to do something new and, and to expand and grow this team. And with that in mind, it is time to start looking more specifically at the targets and what it might cost to get them. We're going to be joined by Mike Richmond of Locked On Blazers to talk about Malcolm Brogdon as well as Anthony Simons and a little bit about what the Magic might have to do to make a deal happen, why it won't be as easy as you think. We're going to get to that conversation coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word for our friends over at Hungry Root. Try to eat a little healthier in 2024. Hungry Root is here to rescue you from short-lived resolutions by making meal planning easy and nutritious. Build healthy habits that won't disappear by February with Hungry Root. Hungry Root makes it easier for everyone to eat healthy. We support all of the major diets and lifestyles, including gluten-free, vegan, vegetarian, dairy-free, low-carb, and others. If this applies to you or someone you know, someone you know, Hungry Root has the meal prep plan for you. Hungry Root really helps you save money. Many customers save money on groceries versus the store, as well as eating out less and avoiding those expensive takeout restaurants. It reduces food waste because Hungry Root can help save up to 30% on food waste each week. And it saves time because Hungry Root comes without the stress of grocery and meal planning. Plus, you get 40% off and free veggies for life. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality food delivered to your door. They've got healthy groceries and simple recipes all in one place. All you have to do, take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root's going to get to know you, your goals, and how you like to eat. They'll ask what flavors you like, which kitchen appliances you use, and more. And then they'll keep your needs and preferences top of mind and start building your cart with delicious recipes and all of your grocery needs for the week. Hungry Root goes beyond your weekly grocery haul with thousands of easy recipes that actually put your groceries to good use before they get forgotten in the back of your fridge and go bad. The best part is Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good, it's got to be quick to make, and it's got to contain whole trusted ingredients. Spend less time meal planning, shopping, and cooking, and more time enjoying healthy food. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Locked On Magic listeners 40% off your, your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Locked On to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Locked On. Don't forget to use our link. So they know we sent you. Today's episode of Locked on Magic is also brought to you by our friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With more than 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. And this is our first stop, at least on Locked On Magic, on our trade deadline tour. I'm joined by... Our good friend from Locked On Blazers, Mike Richmond. Uh, Mike, uh, promise me I won't get in trouble because because uh, the last time we had trade discussions, I got in a little bit of trouble. 
Well, last time we had trade discussions, you didn't want to you didn't want to trade Wendell Carter Jr., but you were okay with trading Franz Wagner for Damian Lillard, of course. But this time, I um, well, you know, I'm gonna I'll still go for it or whatever, but I will try not <laughs> to get you in trouble with your listeners uh, as much because I know that you trading Franz in a fake on a fake trade on a podcast in August was got you in hot water. So yeah, uh, yeah, good. and 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 I tried to like, I mean, I I I. I'm bad at trades. I will fully admit this. This the purpose of this is is not to construct a trade or or, or pitch fake trades, but we want to start. You know, we're we're three weeks away from the trade deadline. You know, the mat. I, I, I like to think of it better as we're eight game, or at least we're recording this Monday afternoon. Eight games away from the trade deadline. By the time this airs, we will be seven games away from the trade deadline. The clock is clearly ticking, and at least from the Magic perspective. We're in a different place than we were back in July. I mean, I think back or back yeah. in June, like when we last talked, we were talking a little bit about maybe the magic moving up using six and 11 to get to get to two or get right. to three, uh, three and, and, and discussing some of those. And of course I had to ask about Damien Lillard because I'd be, it'd be irresponsible if I didn't. Um, the magic then, you know, we thought that they were a team that could sneak into the playoffs and, and be a sure. team that could, that could be around that, that area. Portland, I think, was still maybe trying to see if they could salvage the Damian Lillard experiment and uh, not experiment, but the Damian Lillard uh, legacy and and try and keep them. Our teams are obviously in very different places now. The Magic are sitting in in prime playoff position. The Blazers are starting to rebuild. It's a it is a it is a different space that these two teams are coming from, and and obviously that Damian Lillard trade has has set everything up. Before we get into kind of the specific targets the Magic might be looking at. How do you feel, where do you feel Portland is at in this first year of a rebuild, which is always the toughest because you're just kind of dealing with the wreckage that first year? Yeah, that, I mean, that's the thing. Is It's like they're they're bottom five in offense and defense right now. They're just a bad basketball team, but they this is the path they chose, right? And so it's like every night yeah. it can feel like, man, this team stinks, but it's like this is, they wanted to be here in a lot of ways. Uh, I think it's a little bit frustrating because for fans, because Scoot Henderson just hasn't been very good. He's 19 and he plays like a 19 year old. Um, I, I'm still fairly confident that he ends up being a pretty good NBA player, but he has not been that yet. And, and that's just undeniable. Um, they're kind of, they have a roster imbalance with a, with probably one too many guards, which is why they have to trade uh, Malcolm Brogdon and perhaps to the city beautiful where he, where he belongs. Um, but, <laughs> but they, you know, they, when you're, when you're launching these rebuilds, it's like about data collection and they've had some injuries that have limited like how much data they can collect and they've kind of struggled a little bit. So I don't think they're in like sell-off mode, right? Because they already did that the last couple seasons to get where they are. They would just like to maybe get rid of one veteran, specifically Malcolm Brogs. And I don't think they're interested in trading Jeremy Grant from all the reports out there, although they would for the uh, Franz Wagner offer. No prob. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was me shaking uh, but, my head for those on the audio podcast. Yeah, but, um, but, you know, I think, I think they would like to continue to stockpile assets and get a little bit better and, 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 you know, make gradual steps because when you're a bad team, what's really important is that at each cycle, the trade deadline, the off season, et cetera, that you get a little bit incrementally better, that you improve your standing. So they need assets that can improve their standing, whether that's a draft picks, juicy draft picks, or young veterans that can be part of their core moving forward. I, can I ask you, are the Magic inclined to like go for it? I, I don't think that they're ahead of schedule necessarily. I think they thought that they, like, they're eighth in the East, right? As we're yeah, recording this. East. And as we're recording this, they're eighth in the East, yeah. Right, so... I, I think we, you know, if you thought, hey, this is like a play-in kind of team, they're right there in the play-in. They certainly have a chance to move up, and they're talented, and they look like they're on the the, the graphs heading up. But are they? Is there pressure in Orlando for them to make to avoid the play-in to be a top six team in the East and all those things? Like, are they are they going to try to try to move up? Uh, you know, I, so I think a lot of fans want them to do that, and, and you know, I'm I'm doing this trade deadline tour. I am planning to talk about some all-in guys, and we'll talk maybe about one all-in guy later on because because there's at least one that Magic fans are interested in. Um, but my sense has always been that this season's still not about this season. Like this season yeah. is about making the play in turn about making the postseason, playing some meaningful games, playing uh, you know, play getting that kind of experience but it's still about setting up the next two to three years. Like they want to make a trade that makes them better now. And I don't think they do a trade that doesn't make them better now, but they're not doing a trade that's not going to help them 
next year and the year after, uh, if, if that makes sense. It, it's still about building this team for the long term because, you know, making, you know, making the play in tournament, whatever this year, like they're, right. they're, they're, they are what they are. They still, I think, honestly, like I've been telling people this, the magic need to get into a series, a seven game series and get their butts kicked. Like Paolo, Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner are very good. Yep. They don't even know what they need to work on. And the team doesn't even really know what they need until they face Boston and see how Boston squeezes the life out of them. Like they, they need, they need to get beat up a little, beat up a little bit. And, and not like, not that I, you know, I would love for them to make the four or five game. I'd love for them to be in a competitive series and potentially win that series. You know, they give Boston matchup problems. They've given Milwaukee some problems in the past before. It's not that Orlando can't compete, but it's, it's very much, you don't know what you need because you've never done this before. And so I, I get the sense that there's two things going on here with the Magic. First, this is an extremely young team. Everybody is extremely close to each other. And I think there is some, at least internal concern about breaking this team up in some way. Like Marco Fultz is going to be a free agent this summer. He's right. probably not the point guard. He's, he's playing better now that he's, you know, he's getting healthy, getting back into rhythm, but he's probably not the point guard they need because of his shooting issues, but he's also immensely respected in the locker room. And so are you going to trade him? Are you going to, you know, the, the logic tells you if you don't plan on resigning him, get something for him. him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but are, is this team able to kind of take that hit where they're losing, you know, it's one thing if you're trading Terrence Ross, who's, you know, a nice veteran, uh, you know, but a guy that everyone knew was kind of on the way out. Like he made it pretty clear he wanted on the way out. It's one thing to trade that guy. It's another thing to trade another 20 something year old who's, you know, been kind of the team leader and, and best friend for a lot of guys uh, along the way. It, I think it's easier to make those decisions in the summer. At the same time, Orlando does have to keep up with the Joneses a little bit. You know, I, I've, sure. I've also been noting that, you know, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Boston are your top three in the East. You're eventually going to have to break through to those teams, but you also got to beat the Clevelands. You also got to beat Indiana now with Pascal Siakam. You've got to beat New York with OG Ananobi. You got to climb over those teams too. And so what the Magic have is enough to make the play in. Is it enough to be the four seed, to, 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 to be knocking on the door of that? And some of that is, okay, we got to let Paolo and Franz naturally get better. Those are two very, very young players who are still figuring this league out. And the other part of it is, how do we figure out what we need? Uh, and, you know, again, I, I think that's why I wanted to come, come to you first. Let's take a quick break so I can tell you a quick word for our friends over at FanDuel. The NFL regular season is over. The playoffs are here. We're in conference championship games. But there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet like live same game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a touchdown today. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Malcolm Brogdon is a guy that I've been mildly okay, let's upset. let's get into it. Let's, let's talk about Malcolm Brogdon ready. coming home, baby. Let's, let's, talk, let's talk about Malcolm Brogdon. Um, he's a guy that I have been mildly obsessed with as the kind of point guard the magic like because or the magic need because he's a solid shooter. Um, he's a point guard that isn't like a pound the ball in the dirt point guard. Right. Um, and he could spread the floor. He, he spread the floor as a shooter. That's I, I should mention that twice because the Magic each shooting. Uh, the worst three point shooting team in the league. Um, but the Magic don't need a guy that's gonna like necessarily be the point guard. They they need a guy that can pass the ball off to Paolo or Franz because they run a lot of point for this team too. So let's start. Let's start here. You know, you've had half a season now with with Malcolm Brogdon. What have been your impressions of how he's played? 
you know, granted playing for a Blazers team that, that maybe doesn't have, you know, a clear playoff direction, but what have your, what have your impressions been of him in his, in his season with Portland? Well, he's, he's, he's just solid. He's just, he's solid as hell. Um, he's, he, you know, he's the counting numbers don't jump off the page at you. Right. Um, he's not, this is like, he's a, he's like a 15, four and five type of point guard. He's shooting pretty darn well from three forty two percent down from 44 last year, which is a career high, but he's, he, he could shoot it. Um, he is the best thing he does is score. So if you, it, He's not this crazy playmaker. He's not an elite defensive player. He's a competent defensive player. He's a competent playmaker. The best version of Malcolm Brogdon is you give him the ball and you say, hey, go score. And he'll take little mid-range pull-ups. He will get to his right hand aggressively. And he can shoot. He is shooting. And this is a number that I think will really is really meaningful to the Magic because they have big creators who are non-shooters. Malcolm Brogdon is shooting 53.3% on catch-and-shoot three-pointers. He's making more than half of them. So when they do run those Paolo Bancaro primary initiator, I mean, they let him freaking bring the ball across half court. He is, and and Franz the same way. When they let those those big initiators who are not shooters, they need space around those guys, right? They need space around him. Malcolm Brogdon would provide that space, and he would also provide that catch-and-shoot shooting, and if, if it doesn't work, you could throw it to him and he can run second side stuff to break break down defenses, run a competent pick and roll uh, operator and all those things. He's, he's, you know, is he like an above average starting point guard in the league? Probably not because this is a very deep position, but he's, he's very competent. He can play both guard spots and he would help almost any team in the league because what he does travels. He's going to average 15, five and five, wherever you take him to his, his career per 36 numbers, 25 and five. He pretty much does that everywhere he goes. Um, does he play 36 minutes? No, he's a limited, limited minute guy, but in, if, you know, for Orlando, if he was playing 28 to 31 and you bump it up to 34 in the playoffs, cause he like takes Cole Anthony's minutes. Fine. Fine. Like he, you, they would be better for it. Um, I am curious. Well, I, I guess you know, the Malcolm Brogdon interest is there because he's just like solid. Do you, it, is there is there part of you that wants to aim higher? Is there part of you that says Malcolm Brogdon is good? He's a B plus. This team should this team should try to get A's. Yeah, yeah. There, there's definitely a little little bit of that because you know you're gonna have to. I mean, obviously you have to expend some assets to get something of value. And and you know you you meant and, and you know we'll maybe talk a little bit about what Orlando has to spend. And that's part of what I want this exercise to be is to help my, you know, help my listeners realize, okay, this is what the magic are actually willing to move around and willing to think sure. about um, as, as we get, get into these discussions, because that's, that's the other half of it. It's nice to want something in the window. It's another thing to walk in the store and fork over, fork over the money to, to pay for it. Um, you know, and to, to that point, like what I've been thinking about a lot is, you know, the magic, the magic don't, you know, the magic just need a guy that can spread the floor, manage the game, be a good veteran as much as, as much as anything else, you know, they, they're still such a young team. They need someone that can calm them down. Like as much, you know, as much as like, you know, Marco Fultz is what Marco Fultz is, but he is a true point guard. Like he knows how to control the pace of a game. He knows how to settle guys down. He knows how to get the ball to the right spots. And, 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 you know, the magic need a manager like that. Like I've been telling people like, and, and you know, the magic love their size. So they're not looking for a small guy to do it. Um, what I've been kind of telling people is, the Magic need a Derek White type, like what what Derek White's doing in Boston. Like obviously Boston's not trading Derek White anytime soon, yeah, but really that's nice. the kind of player I think the Magic are looking for for this spot. And obviously Boston kind of chose Derek White over Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon is kind of the the I don't want to say discount version because that's that's I think a little too low, but. Um, He's the veteran version of that. And it's a hard thing to and, find. And he, he would, he settles things down. If nothing yeah. else, that is that what you just described is exactly what Malcolm Brogdon could provide. Um, he certainly, he certainly gets you there. He's not going to defend like Derek White. No, um, no, but not anymore. But he could score. He could really like, he can, you know, he had, and, he had and, 30... and again, and, and, you know, I, I was, I was going to, I was going to mention this earlier, like Portland right now reminds me a lot of the, the 2013 magic, the first year without Dwight Howard, the magic were still kind of this weird mix of veterans, but clearly, Moving on, they still had Jameer Nelson, they still had JJ Redick, they still had Glenn Davis, they still had Hito Turkle. They had all these veterans, and they they kind of helped a lot of the young guys guys before. Yeah. So before I answer your question about whether the Magic should go for bigger fish, do you feel like Brogdon has been a good veteran for a young Blazers team that understands it's it's going to go through it a little bit right now? 
Yeah, yeah. He he he's certainly their best in terms of like demonstrable leadership. Um, Jeremy Grant, I think they always say lead by example, and to me that means that he doesn't do any leading. It means he that's just usually, that's usually what that's coded coded language. It, it just means he shows up to work every day. He he can set Which a good, good. example. Yeah. yeah, he can set a good example, but it's not Brogdon. You you've I've seen him. You know, on the court talking with Shaden Sharp. He's he's a really good tone setter in the locker room. He answers questions and is honest and all those things and. You know, he's he's he was coming off the bench behind Scoot and behind uh, Scoot Henderson and Amphrey Simons. And, and he was he said the right things, whether he was happy with it is like for the eyes of the beholder. But he he always was a pro about it. I think he could be really, really valuable in that role. And it's also why if the Blazers were to trade him, I would recommend they they at least prioritize getting back. Not only like I think there's part of teams and I'm sure you experienced this covering the magic because like fans like when they're when a rebuild. Anyone older than 25, get the hell out of here. Like if yep. you've graduated, if you are older than, you know, college age, get the hell out. Too old. But I don't, I don't really believe that. <laughs> get in the way of the young players. Like, like yeah, you can't I don't, I don't, I don't like, eh. yeah, like I don't think you need, um, I don't think you need to be split half and half 30 year olds, 20 year olds or whatever. But like, I think having no, just like institutional knowledge, here's how it works. Here's how you pack for a seven game, 15 day road trip. Here's how, you know, like. Honestly, here's how you cure a hangover. Like it's like you, you, yeah. you need some you need some like veteran leadership out there. Um, and I think a veteran just like like I said, institutional knowledge. I think Brogdon has that, and I think he would bring that to Orlando. Um, and I think he'd be happier on a better team. And Orlando, yeah, good. Like, yeah. they're, they're competitive. And, they they could beat anybody on any given and, night. And talking about like kind of the defense, like we know Brogdon has a defensive reputation, and like. The Magic are such a good defensive team. Like they could maybe hide some of the flaws that that a Portland team can't. Like you know, defense right. is a oh, team yeah. thing, and Portland obviously, you know, has has some things to work through. Um, you didn't mention this, and 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 I think this is a really important point to bring up when we talk about Brogdon. Is you know, Brogdon at his age and his experience level is probably a little bit of a stopgap. Um, you know, I mentioned that kind of two to three year window of what the Magic are trying to try and cure. Um, you know, they definitely want, I think, to to find that point guard of the future. They want to kind of settle their, their lineup. And certainly Brogdon is a, a short-term fix. So to answer your question, I do think the Magic are in, are, I don't know if they're in the hunt for it right now for that kind of bigger fish to, to expend more assets, but I think that they'd be silly not to listen and silly not to explore what some of these deals look like right now. You know, I've I know I've pitched DeJounte Murray from the Atlanta Hawks. I like, I don't under, I like, I think the magic uh, kind of talking about bigger point guards. DeJounte Murray is, is the star that's out there right now that seem that, that seems to fit that mold. And so I, I think the magic would be silly not to at least kind of probe our friends at locked on NBA pitched Zach Levine, you know, not a point guard, but you know, there are a definitely guard type. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There are definitely things the map, there are definitely players out there that fit the magic's like at least physical profile that fit needs that they clearly have on the roster that they should, that they should at least be exploring. And so I, I would be remiss and magic fans would kill me if I didn't ask, you know, Anthony Simons, Orlando boy, Altamont Springs, born and raised Edgewater high school alum. Um, is I, my sense is Portland has no interest in dealing him. Like he's kind of, you know, until scoot figures things out, he's kind of their guy. Is is Simon's is Simon someone that the, that the Blazers Blazers are exploring trading or, or what's his status with the team right now? So, eventually, they're going to have to make a choice. Like you said, they got Scoot Henderson. They have Shaden Sharp. They've got um, uh, Amphrey Simons. Probably not going to have Malcolm Brogdon after February 9th. But eventually, got to make a choice, right? You got to say. You know, you can only invest so much in dudes under six foot four. There's only so many minutes that, and and so much money that you can you can make the investment when you draft someone third overall. That's a pretty big institutional investment, fine, uh, whatever it's organizational investment. Too. You can't, and yeah, you can't, you, you can't you can't mess. I mean, you can't. You have to see that to the end, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a ten, it's a not it's a it's a decade long investment, and if you don't if it doesn't work out, then you're in a whole other spot, and you're trading Marco Fultz to the Magic, and it's like it's a whole thing. Um, but like. Uh, Amphrey Simons is so much better than Scoot Henderson. Like he's so much better than Scoot Henderson that right now it just wouldn't be pragmatic to like quote unquote choose Scoot, quote unquote choose Sharp. Like and and it's time to experiment. Like that's like, the he's, thing. He's like, twenty four. He's under yeah. contract for two more years. He's significantly better. You 
you need to figure out what you have in the young guards before you make a make a decision. It does seem like organizationally they eventually have to trade Anthony Simons because of what they've done behind him. But they don't have to make that decision now. They certainly don't have to make that decision in the next two weeks. So I don't think they'll explore it even a little bit. I don't even think they'll explore it this summer. I think they'll roll back with the same dudes in, in, in the fall and and say, let's we want at least a year and a half of Scoot Henderson, a year and a half of Shaden Sharp playing together to figure out what it looks like. So I don't think it's I don't think it would be this trade deadline could be next trade deadline. And and I think I, I don't even like with the Jeremy Grant thing. I don't think the Blazers want to trade Jeremy Grant, but if there was a fat offer, they would certainly pick up the phone. Um, I don't know that they would. I don't know that they would consider Simons right now because it just doesn't make sense for where they are in their rebuild because they, they can't pick a direction so aggressively because they're not good enough to pick a direction so aggressively yet. Yeah, and, and you can't let go tell. I mean, obviously, I, I think this is the case anywhere. Any player is available for any sweetheart deal. Like, you have, right. to, you have to at least pick up the phone and listen, even if you're laughing and snickering while the phone's on mute while they're talking. Um, like, you have, to, you have to at least explore everything that's out there uh, as, as you're trying to determine, determine your direction. Trust me, I've had a lot of experience in, in that. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Like, I, I, like I've had, I mean, obviously there's a, uh, nostalgia or a homecoming bit with Simons here in Orlando. You know, Orlando needs scoring. They need kind of dynamic scores. They need someone besides Paolo and Franz that can, can more consistently have big games. Um, you know, because yep. just so much attention is put on Paolo and Franz, and and I think that's that's something the Magic are going to have to look for here. Uh, like look for players that just have that are just more dynamic and and can expand and contract their roles as needed and. You know, that's why I think Brogdon is an interesting option. I think that's, you know, I think that's something the Magic are going to be looking for. Um, let's let's close out here then with kind of the... Yeah, can I pitch you a fake trade? Pitch me a fake trade. Okay, okay. Pitch me a fake trade. I'm, 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 I, you're, you're better at offering trades than, than I am, apparently. Oh. <laughs> or maybe not. We'll find out. Your listeners are going to come find me. No, this is, I think this is relatively... Twitter easy. account's right over there. But uh, yeah, it's like... I'm not going to check it. Don't worry. Um, but it's, <laughs> uh, my pitch is involves no draft picks. So th there's something Ooh, juicy okay. for you. No draft picks. Okay. Malcolm Brogdon and Blazers uh, fourth year center Moses Brown currently out with a wrist injury, but that's okay. He's on a minimum deal. We love, we right. love guys with injuries. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. For Wendell Carter Jr. and Gary Harris. Speaking of guys with injuries, come on down. Um, I am... Marco Fultz doesn't do it for the Blazers. Like what's, what's his value, the expiring contracts, you'd have to throw in picks. Um, and, and, and what does that, what does that do for you? Uh, you know, maybe I want the, maybe they want the bulls pick. Cause, hmm, cause that team might I don't suck. Think we have that bulls uh, pick anymore. It's gone. Oh, they just they used it. Just Howard. kidding. That was six and 11. Yeah. That was six and 11. We got, we got um, this nice, we got this nice heavily protected Denver pick. Yeah. Heavily now. protected bull bull pick or whatever it is. Um, but Wendell Carter Jr. and Gary Harris, I, I, um, Harris, you know, entering free agency this this summer, he's probably not a long term magic, but he's he's been he's solid, and I think that sort of that's your veteran help. And Wendell Carter obviously hasn't been able to stay healthy. With the you know, from my perspective, Gogo Bataze is somehow really good. He's somehow a really effective NBA center. Uh, obviously, Mo Wagner's playing, so it's like Wendell's probably better than those two dudes at his best version of himself but i don't think he's been that and i and he's got this really sweetheart contract it's like a great deal um what is your comfort level in trading wendell carter when probably his value is at the lowest yeah and and that's i mean i i i think that's going to be the roadblock the magic get into uh as they get to the as they start getting into the nitty-gritty of these deadline discussions um I I don't think I would include Wendell Carter in a Malcolm Brogdon trade. I, I don't feel like this Magic team needs Malcolm Brogdon that badly. Um, you know, I, like Magic fans have also been very obsessed with Tyus Jones from the Washington Wizards. And, you know, they can maybe put together a trade that could wiggle Carter free. Uh, but then I also counter like, well, the Magic can just go sign Tyus Jones outright in the summer. Like they don't need like they don't need to right. give up anything to get him. Assuming Washington is going to trade him, uh, assuming unless Washington is just dead set on trading him, and then you got to worry about the competition. And, and I think this is a very like competitive point guard trade market between Brogdon, between Jones, Murray's out there. There, there's there's a lot of point guards to be moved. And you know, I think actually Wendell Carter's value, 
you know, even though he's had a rough season and, and he's played well the last four games. So we're starting to see Wendell Carter be the Wendell Carter we thought we were getting at the start of the season. Um, there aren't a lot of centers out there. Um, you know, there aren't a lot of centers on this market. So teams that need centers could be, you know, even though Wendell Carter hasn't played great um, overall, he's playing better now. Um, I think there might be more of a premium on him. And, you know, I've been of the mind that I believe in Wendell Carter. Like, you know, I, I, I recognize that he will miss 15 to 20 games every season. And, and that's yeah. part of the problem and part of something the Magic had to find a solution for. That's why I got in trouble during the lockdown mock draft because I was like very dead set on solving that problem. Um, Goga Batadze apparently seemed to solve solve it a little bit there. Like he was <laughs> really good. He was, I don't he was much better than, than, anticip- than anticipated. Yeah, um, I have no honest, idea. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. But for me, honestly, like I still believe that this is a dip season, that this is just not who Wendell Carter is. And I'm more willing to bet that he's going to bounce back to where he was last year or where, where, where he was last year. And these last four games entering Monday's game against Cleveland has certainly looked that um, then to just kind of sell, sell low on him, like sure. to, to just kind of move him just to, just to move him. Um, and, and I, you know, I think that's part of the problem is the market wants the magic to move Wendell Carter. Like I always tell people that the trade deadlines about buyers and sellers, he, you know, you can't really negotiate. There's not a lot of time to negotiate. Everyone's on a on a deadline, um, and so it's about are you buying or are you selling? The Magic are buy are, are hoping to buy, but the market I think wants them to make this guy available to to make these other moves happen. And I don't think the Magic do that without a quality center because Goga Batadze has been great this year, but he yep. is still a center full of shortcomings. He's not he's not an offensive threat unless it's a dump down straight to a dunk or put back. He used to shoot threes. <laughs> He used to shoot threes. He doesn't, he doesn't yeah, the shoot magic, threes anymore. The magic, the magic kind of told him, no, 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 no. Stop that. Get in the post. Be a, tra- be a traditional center. And it's worked. Like that, like yeah, he's that, good. He's good. that's, that's, that it's worked for him. He's a great rim protector, but like, I can't tell you how many times I've watched magic players shouting at him where to be on offense. Um, you know, Wendell Carter is still just very clearly the best center option. And on, and like, I'm not giving up Wendell Carter unless I'm getting a decent setter back in return. Um, because, you know, Goga Batadze is... That's why I threw Moses Brown in the deal, I know, baby. I Got know, Brown. I know. I mean, you know, just as a, just as a counteroffer, let me, let me look, look here. Um, you know, obviously Rob, Robert Williams is injured. And I don't think the Magic would go, would go for that at this point because they need to, to be... Yeah, they don't really have but, centers. Like, do up Breathe yeah. is, a, is a two-way guy. Yeah. Um, Baji is a, not is a lot. two-way I mean, two-way. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll go ahead and ask this then. I mean, obviously that's, you know, getting to $33 million, you know, $34 million, which might be a little trickier for the Magic to match uh, as far as salaries go because um, I, I think they're bumping up right against the cap. But... Would Robert Williams be someone, you know, injury issues aside, and, and, and I'm not suggesting the Magic do this, but are the Blazers willing to dangle Robert Williams out there if they were to get a player like Wendell Carter in return? Yeah, I think in a heartbeat, right? Like, okay. I think I yeah. think there's such a huge question mark about Rob Williams' future health. Um, he just missed so much time, and he had, you know, and he's, he has another knee surgery this year, and he's like... Um, I. I think in a heartbeat, like I think they would say, like he's not, you know, he's not, he wouldn't be available. The value of Brogdon is that you get him for this year and next year. Yeah. So, like you said, you get, yes. you get two years of Brogdon. Um, and I think there's, there's some appeal there. And he's like a better shooter than, than Jones and Murray. He's not as good as Shante Murray, but he's just like a different type of player. Um, yeah. and so the there's a appeal there. Player. Yeah. I, I think, I think for me, it's like, if I were, you know, I'm not in charge. Um, yeah, but like we're just we're just spitballing here. These are yeah, not the, like the appeal, set in stone. We're not like oh, saying oh, yeah. do this now. Like we're we're just spit. We're just kind of comparing yeah. rosters and of the and magic's like tradable. Yeah, of the magic's tradable parts, Marco Fultz doesn't do it for the Blazers. I'm not a believer in Jonathan Isaac ever playing 30 minutes again in the NBA. He's just like that. It, it's been it was like even pre-COVID. With the, even yeah, with the non guaranteed contract. Yeah, year? no, the money doesn't matter. Like I don't. I, matter, the, okay. For me. I don't think the Blazers, if, if they're not getting juicy draft picks, I don't think they necessarily need to prioritize expirings because they they have an expensive enough roster that they're going to hit the salary floor. Like they need veterans who can contribute. And that's why I'm interested in Wendell Carter. Isaac, like he does provide that salary relief. And maybe if you maybe if the if the market dictates it, that's what you end up wanting. You say, okay, Magic, give us a give us an, a draft pick in 2026, you know, like top three protected or something like that. And, and, and we'll take on Jonathan Isaac and we'll, and he's, he'll just be off the roster in the future. I just, you know, he hasn't played 
35 minutes in a game since like pre-COVID, which is basically yeah. like another era. That's just he's like a he's time. a bench player at this point. Like he's, yeah, he's, and like you're going to be managing him a little bit, and not, yeah, like, and he's like, he's really yeah. impactful still, but you're managing you're managing. An but he plays that, 17 minutes, right? He yeah. plays 17 minutes. 17 awesome minutes on defense. He's yeah. he's freaking still a very very good defensive player, but he's he is like for me he is what he is. So no, I, Fultz doesn't do it for me. Isaac, I'm not I'm personally not interested in. That's more me than my like Blazers guess. So it's like if I'm if I'm coming to Orlando, I'm asking for Wendell Carter, and then here's what I'm doing. I'm saying great, you don't want to trade him. I totally understand. Uh, call me back at 9 a.m. on February 8th when you realize that you're not going to get a trade done and that DeJounte Murray is somewhere else and Tyus Jones somewhere else. And we'll talk then and deadline spur actions. And in the last yep. three hours, we'll see if we could squeeze it. When I, I did a crossover with the Knicks too, and it was the same kind of thing. It was like, well, I want them to throw Quentin Crimes in the deal. And and Alex Wolf of Locked on Knicks said, I don't want to trade Quentin Grimes. I said, great, I'll call you back well, on February 8th. The way the way Knicks fans feel about Quentin Grimes is very different than the way the Knicks feel about yeah. Quentin Grimes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, so, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I I get that. And and like, you know, I'm I'm a big believer as you find frameworks for deals and you, you can kind of fill in the details later. And so yeah. if the framework for a Malcolm Brogdon deal is Wendell Carter and Gary Harris and Jonathan Isaac's off the table, that's probably not a deal the magic do at this point. Sure. Um, you know, sure, you know, would the would the magic be more willing to do it if you threw in Matisse, if you threw in Matisse Seibel, uh, you right. know, like maybe probably not because I think the, I don't know if they're comfortable going into the off season with just that big question at center. Um, you know, Goga Batadze and Mo Wagner can hold the fort down, but you're then very, very thin at center. Should one of them get hurt or should one of them have issues? And I, honestly, yeah, like it's a lot of Admiral Schofield, small ball lineups. Yeah. Yeah. And then, or, or playing Paolo at center or playing Isaac right. at center, which, which the magic should do at times, but very specific matchups. And, you know, then you got to answer the center question. And like my big thing with Wendell Carter has been, I think he is more than serviceable. I think he's a very good player. I think I want to see him in the playoffs and see if his style of defense works in the playoffs. Cause I do have concerns about whether you can have a non kind of above the rim center be successful in the playoffs. Like that sure. is my ultimate concern with Wendell Carter, but I think he's earned the right to prove us right or wrong. And so I think getting him into the, into a playoff series would be really, really important. And, and so I'm, I'm not ready to kind of move Wendell Carter quite yet. And, and I don't think the magic have kind of the infrastructure to, 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 to settle that right now. And so I, I think at this point, that framework is a, is a pass for me as, as a magic team trying to buy Malcolm Brogdon. Obviously I think the Blazers will have several offers to pick from uh, to, to find the, find the one they want for, for Brogdon. Hopefully it's not just locked on podcast hosts. Cause I can't get Quentin Grimes. I can't get Wendell Carter. I just, I'm out here striking out and you know what? That's the beauty of it being, or, uh, you know, late January. When we get to February, these teams are going to be sweating yeah. blazer fans. These teams yeah. are going to be sweating. It, like, like I said, we're, we're seven, eight games from the deadline. Like, I, like I am hammering this point home. I need There's a, Mo a Vog I need a Mo Wagner 2020 game here in the next uh, yeah, couple of weeks yeah. to really Goga Pataze 17 and 17. I mean, the magic, the magic gave Chuma Okeke his chance. Like we have a free yeah. Chuma Okeke, get his restricted free agent rights, second draft them. Like, um, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I would say this, uh, you know, if Portland comes off of looking for kind of veteran or youngish players, I do think the magic will be willing to trade their picks or trade, trade sure. future first round picks or, or put, you know, lottery protect a, a future first, you know, I don't think they're, you know, not that this draft, you know, this draft is apparently very middle heavy, but you look at the magic, they aren't playing the number 11 pick in the draft right now in jet Howard um, because they don't have the roster space for him. So right. how's that going to be any better next year? I do think the magic's 2024 first round pick is very much in play as we get closer to the deadline. And yeah, you know, Blazers already have two picks though. I, yeah. They would want 2025, but are the magic going to be good in 2025? They should they've be. got the, <laughs> they've, yeah, they've got the Denver pick in 2025. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty comfortable saying that the nuggets are going to be good next season. They so, got that weird um, Phoenix, Washington pick though. That, yeah. That so that's that 2026 pick. I, I was yeah. kind of floating is like, yeah. Um, so listen, how about this? We'll watch the market, and if we need to, we'll come back. Re come back to the table on uh, in early February, and we'll talk about sort of where both these teams are and where the market has kind of dictated they might need to be. Because, as you mentioned, deadlines spur actions, and everybody is operating under the same deadline for this one.
Yep, and we still got the soul. You know, seven games doesn't feel like a lot, but it is a lot. And obviously, for for this Magic team, they're getting healthy now. We, we you know, Sunday against Miami, we saw their opening night starting lineup for the first time since October thirty first. So, oh, wow. the Magic, the Magic are going to be learning a lot. I, I don't think they're look they're looking to make a deal before February eighth. Like we will, yeah, no reason for the, same for the Blazers. Happens. No reason to make a deal before yeah. the, the last minute because they want to they want to juice the Brogdon market for all they can possibly get. Yeah. So there you go. Absolutely. Um, there's clearly very a whole lot of interest. I think he's clearly a fit for the magic it's just about whether there is a deal uh mike uh, i want to thank you for for jumping on and, and entertaining entertaining us hopefully i didn't get myself in trouble this time um and, and hopefully we'll be trade partners again in the future or or as as i like to conclude every podcast uh, i'll see you in the 2027 nba finals there you go well we won't be there <laughs> <laughs> but we gotta have hope, man 2029, 2020, hey, the Portland Trailblazers. Our schedule is to win a title before 2030. So we'll, we will, there we go. We will there we, see you in it. 2030. I, I love it. All right. Thanks, fellas. It was. It's always a pleasure. I want to thank Mike for jumping on the show uh, and talking to us a little bit about the Blazers situation, learn a little bit more about Malcolm Brogdon as well as Anthony Simons, and really give us a good look at what the Magic have to offer. Again, like I think one of the bigger things of this exercise is more to start thinking about what do the Magic actually have to offer? Because you know, in order to get something good, you have to give up something good. We will be doing this exercise plenty more. I have more stops planned on the trade deadline tour as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline on February 8th. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of them sale podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device. You can find us as well on YouTube. Search for Locked on Magic. If you want to see the podcast instead of just listen to it, um, you can also check out my work at orlandomagicdaily.com for the latest on the Orlando Magic. You can follow us there on Twitter at Daily, and be sure to check out my Patreon page, the Orlando Magic Hub at patreon.com slash Orlando Magic Hub. Thank you all again for your support. That's going to do it for me today. On tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Magic, we will hear from the Orlando Magic for the first time since Monday's loss to the Cavaliers. A very important day of practice for the team. We'll name our first half MVP, go over some questions for the third quarter of the season, and a whole lot more. We'll get to all that on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Lockdown Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Lockdown Magic.